Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to Crucial Conversations, where we're now automating our, our recording by pushing a button on our phone. This is, this is, we're like upgrading our skills already. <laughs> I'm no Peter. No more mouse clicks. I'm Kevin. And you're no mouse click Kevin. I'm no mouse click Kevin. <laughs> we, we always have fun with like the silliest things. We're like really yes. excited about really silly, ridiculous things, right? Yes. Yeah, except this episode is not going to be one of discussing really silly, ridiculous things, but actually very big, meaningful uh, important things. Yes. I was trying to think of other synonyms and, and whatnot for that. What's another word for important? <laughs> important. I, I didn't pick many good ones. I just kind of no. picked them. So thank you for joining us. Crucial Conversations, episode 26. We're going to talk about repentance and forgiveness today and maybe what those l- look like. That mm. might not be the best Taste way to like? feel like. I was going to say feel like, no, but that's that's bad either. too. We don't want to go in that direction either. But this is actually a uh, question that came through our Facebook group from Shelly. And we do have permission to uh, share this here. And so, Kevin, let's just get right into it. We'll, we'll skip all the social media stuff and the giving. People can figure out how to do that because there's links down below. They've already found us. On where to find us and, and We're all friends. support us and all that. Yes. So... Here is Shelley's question. Can we talk about repentance and forgiveness? Yes. Yes. Yes, we can. Specifically, what about the belief that there is no need to personally, re- to personally repent wrongs since Jesus already died on the cross to forgive us? And how do we forgive those who refuse to repent who really should, especially a very public sin? Does this make sense? There's, there's a little sidebar, but we don't need to get into the background there. But does this make sense? Yes. The, the question does make sense. Yes. yes. <laughs> you have asked a sensical question, and we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Unlike many of my questions, which make absolutely no sense, <laughs> but that's part of the joy of asking them. Yeah. Well, the, so there, we're going to tackle this a couple different ways, because there's, a, there's several different things going on here, one of which is we're talking about the repentance of other people, not ourselves, and so that's a very dangerous area to walk when we're trying to say, here's what I think that person over there needs to do. Um, Then there's the, how do we respond? What does this look like on our end of repentance? And of course, I think Jesus has something to do with this too. Yeah. And there's also the question of, of what do we need to repent if it's all forgiven anyway? Yeah. Or do we need to repent if it's all forgiven anyway? Yeah, if the if the premise is, well, Jesus died for that sin, I don't need to repent, you've kind of given away any need to repent. Well, that's the first question. Is, do, we, do we need to repent if, if the sin's already paid for on the cross? So, which is actually a very, very interesting and good question. I yeah. Think, I think, um, yeah, I think it's worth asking. So, so, Peter, how would you like to go about this? <laughs> I'd like to go to scripture first. You've got your Bible there. So let's let's start with what scripture says about this. I was actually I was translating this um yesterday, I think. Yeah, yesterday. Something you do Some, for fun? I do. I translate all I, I do every well, literally every day. Yeah. I do. Um so I was translating first John and first John three starts like this. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called the children of God. And so we are. 
The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we will be like him because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So this this is very much the language of Jesus has accomplished salvation for us on the cross. We don't add to it. Mm-hmm. We don't do anything in addition. There's nothing lacking in it that God's love... In, see what kind of love? What kind of love? Well, John 3.16 tells us what kind of love, right? Yeah, the yeah. kind of love that God so loved that he... Gave his son. Gave his son. That's yeah. the kind of love. So John is saying, what kind of love? And the answer is that kind of love. It's a rhetorical statement, right? Can so, you also say that he's defining what love actually is yeah, at and the so same time? Yeah, and so 1 John 4, which is the next chapter, is going to make that explicit. Now, this yeah. is love. Not that we love God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the, the atoning sacrifice for our sins, right? 1 mm-hmm. John 4.10. Um, and, and so this is really getting at the idea that, that we are children of God because of God's action. Right. And solely, only because of God's action. And when it says, this is what God has done, that we might become the children of God, and so we are, which yeah. means it worked. <laughs> so God tried really hard, and it worked. Yeah, So this Succeeded. This gets to the part of the question of faith that when Jesus died on the cross, all sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. So it's not as though my sins will be forgiven if I repent, right? Right. Because they are forgiven on the cross. And that's very important for us to believe. Right. That my sins are forgiven because of what Jesus done. There's nothing I do that makes that happen, right? It's the gift of God received by faith, by grace, because of what Christ has done. As opposed to a conditional transactional kind of thing where if I do whatever it is I'm supposed to do, then God will forgive. So a lot of people believe that our sins are forgiven because we repent. Hmm. Well, that's, that's really the Roman Catholic view of penance, right? Is that you're forgiven in your baptism, but then if you mess up after that, you've got to do something to kind of get forgiveness. So sure. there's a prescription for for doing something, good works, Hail Marys, Our Fathers, whatever, right, to get forgiveness. Well, a lot of Lutherans kind of have that view, but they just insert repentance in there as that good work to what you have to do. Or, or the contrition. Or, you, or feel really sorry. Yeah, you have to feel really bad so, for it, and you have to show in some way that you feel really bad for your sin right. in a way that communicates to everybody else, yeah, I mean, I'm, look, I'm really sorry. I'm really sorry, And guys. then... Yeah, you, so, can, you can be forgiven. So this is even codified for us in the 1941 hymnal, right? I sincerely repent of them, and I am heartily sorry. For, you know, it's, it's, I'm really sorry, guys. It's, it's a great confession of sin apart from the adverbs. Yeah, the adverbs are kind of a little pietism squeaking in there to our yeah, liturgy. Yeah. So, so that, but that begs the question then. So that are we saying then we don't have to repent? Well, that's that's the concern because when I hear you saying that, I hear. So repentance isn't actually anything. Right. There, there's nothing there. And so if somebody has sinned against me, which in the, in this question, that is seems to be one of the concerns, somebody has sinned against 
Hey, you're always individual. jumping to that part of the question. I want to stay in the first part. <laughs> I want to stay in the in this first okay. question. We'll get to I'll that I'll hold next. my horses. All yes. right. But but just the, the idea that we don't need to repent because our sins are already forgiven. I think that is that's a that's a very important thing to discuss because on the one hand we want to affirm that the work is done. Right. Right? To tell us thy. It's finished. There ain't nothing else needs to be done here. Right. Right? The Son of Man, the Son of God died on a cross to forgive my sins, to forgive your sins. Mm-hmm. Not most of them, not some of them, not forgive them if you... Right. Right? Forgiven. You are forgiven. Free. Done. Right? Given to your baptism. That's actually what the gospel is. That's the gospel. When we say last last week we talked about law and gospel, this is the gospel. Yep. Jesus yeah. did it all. You don't do that. Yeah. So, so what does that mean about my repentance? Right? So now I'm in the state with God where I am forgiven because of the the work of Jesus Christ, I add nothing to it. I play no role in it. Mm-hmm. I simply receive it as a gift. First John chapter 3 continues. Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. Hmm. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous. And whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. Uh Uh-oh. For the devil (laughs) has been sinning since the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of God. Okay, so how many uh, sins do I have to commit before it qualifies as a practice of sinning and I'm of the devil? Uh-oh. <laughs> that's that's my natural question. Yeah. How do I know if I'm practicing, making a practice of sinning? Because I know for myself, I'm constantly sinning. Like, even as a Christian, I, re- I look at my actions, my thoughts, my intentions, and I find them to be predominantly sinful so now I hear that I'm like am, does that mean I'm making a practice of sinning and I'm now aligned with the devil see I, I orchestrated our entire lives so that it would lead to this <laughs> because this is applying last week's podcast Ah, see now we're in the realm of the law and the law says Yes, Peter, you are guilty of sinning. Mm -hmm. And judging you by your sin, you are acting as though you have not been born of God. Hmm. And your sin is aligning you with the devil. And you deserve punishment in hell. You deserve to be called a child of Satan, not a child of God. Mm -hmm. What do you do now? Repent. Repent. Yes. See, this is the whole point is the law drives us to repentance, right? Yeah. Remember Martin Luther in the first of the 95 theses said the whole Christian life is one of repentance. When our Lord Jesus Christ says repent, that means our entire life is one of repentance because the reality is the gospel comes in and says you're a saint, right? But my concupiscence keeps dragging me back down, I won. You got it in first. That's right. My concupiscence drags me down into the reality that if I look at my life, honestly, I am 
practicing sin. I am sinning. Mm. And the law crushes me in that. If I read scripture honestly and take and look at my life seriously and and say how am I measuring up to the law of God? How am I yeah. measuring up to to loving my neighbor as myself? How am I loving living up to loving the Lord my God with my whole heart? Mm-hmm. Having no idols in my life. None. I, how am I, I, I look at that? the Sermon on the Mount if I need to get specific because oh. I think I'm doing okay. Right. It's like, okay, well let's let's here's how seriously Jesus takes this and with your just the thoughts. Right. And the words that come out of your mouth and all of those. It's like uh, it's it's yeah. bad enough that my friends and neighbors know my words and my actions. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if they knew my thoughts? <laughs> I mean, just nobody would think anything good about me, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and and that's the reality. That's what the law does. A law makes me take seriously how fallen I am, even after baptism. Mm-hmm. The old Adam still rears his ugly head, right? Yeah. Daily. Yep. And that's what repentance is. Repentance is turning from that. Turn from your sin and run to the cross. I think part of it, as I've described it too, as I'm teaching my kids, is repentance is also, is agreeing with God yeah. that this is wrong. This is wrong. These thoughts I have, these actions that I've taken that God tells me, has revealed to me, look, this is wrong. It's simply me agreeing with him and saying, yes, it is wrong. And it's not who I truly am now because of what Christ has done for me. Hmm. See, when I'm sinning, I'm actually living contrary to who God says I am in Christ. Yeah. And what he says goes. Is it that John passage you just read that talks about sin being death? Or well, is yeah, that? Or it, I know Romans. We get that yeah, a lot it's in, Romans. in Romans. <laughs> this is this is moving us more into the idea that that you're not living as a child of God. You're actually. It goes on the, in the rest of the chapter. It's going to talk about Cain killing his brother Abel because of you know, oh, because of sure. sin, that kind yeah. of stuff. But but the reality is is that he's he's getting us to understand. I mean, just just go down to. It's really weird if you if you want to do a really weird Bible study sometime. <laughs> Read all the three sixteens. It's really Just weird. Just in whatever book. Just to Any, open all, every book every to three sixteen. It's usually a really good verse, and if not, look at three fifteen or seventeen. They're going to be good. <laughs> but but here's First John three sixteen, not John three sixteen. First John three sixteen. Okay. It says, "By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers." See, repentance is when I'm not laying my want down my life for my brothers Hmm. when I'm not loving God repentance means to turn to change your mind to turn turn from sin get back to Christ now that's the law yeah the gospel is you're forgiven before you even turn because Christ has won forgiveness for you and the reason you turn from sin and run to Christ is because he's forgiven you Right, with the Lord there is forgiveness, and therefore, He is feared. Yes, see, it's yep. the forgiveness that draws us to repentance, not the other way around. Yeah, and and the reality is, we repent because our sins are forgiven by Christ on the cross. Is this why we? Do, I'm trying to remember if this is, if I'm remembering this correctly, repentance is a fruit of the gospel. 
not a fruit of the law. Is that the the right way to speak? That in some contexts, yes. Godly repentance is brought about by the promise of Christ's death and resurrection on the cross. But remember, the law will also drive us to repentance Hmm. out of fear of punishment. And remember, perfect love drives out all fear because fear has to do the punishment. That's later in 1 John chapter 4. So it's it's kind of hard to say it's just this or just that. Repentance is a big idea in Scripture. Yeah. Right? So we have to be careful if we narrow it down too much. Right. We miss things and we improperly apply it. And, and we can exclude some things that are scripturally yeah. um, given to us. So what we want to really just get the idea is that my repentance does not earn forgiveness. My repentance does not change God's attitude toward me. Mm-hmm. Right? See, God's attitude toward me is solid. It's done. That's Christ on the cross. That's what that that's what accomplishes that is that now because of Jesus, God loves you. Yeah. I don't change that by repenting. But I repent because of that. Because of God's love for me, I repent, I'm sorry, and I seek to change my sinful behavior so that I can live according to God's will because his will is good, because he loves us, because of his grace and mercy. I then turn by the power of the Holy Spirit and seek to live according to God's will. So would this be putting this in a, in the context of speaking with somebody who is not a Christian, who we are attempting to point out their sin to them and have them admit this is sinful, this is against God's will, but because they don't believe that Christ has died for their sins, they don't have that faith in the gospel their repentance at best is going to be incomplete if it even right. exists at all. And this is why more commonly you hear them saying, that's not wrong. Right. It's, they, they deny that it's sinful at all because they don't have this other half, this faith that helps them to see the very sin. Peter, this, you're, this... you're getting really close. You're, I just got to warn you here. <laughs> you're getting close to brilliance. And <gasps> I want to stop you before no, it happens. That, that's going to hurt. Yeah, but this is and this it'll is be, kind of the. It's thing, only January. It? We've got the whole rest of the year. That's right. Don't, I can't don't use it up it. now. <laughs> but but the re, I mean, this is so important. What you just said is so important. When you're talking to a non-Christian, they can't fully repent. Hmm. They can admit they're wrong. They could say they're scared of God, but full repentance only comes when you hear the gospel and faith is given by the Holy Spirit. See, and this is why I said earlier that we, we don't want to exclude repentance from the work of the law because the law will drive us to repent, mm-hmm. right? It'll drive me to say, oh, I'm sorry for my sin. I'm scared of God. Help me. Yeah. But the full turning is something the gospel does for you, right? So the law leads us to that point and gets us to repent. But full repentance like we're talking about, Right, running to Christ. Yeah, that desire to turn away from the sin. That, right. That the desire to run to Christ. New, for newfound hatred of the sin. Yeah. If you will say, no, that is disgusting. I don't want to do that anymore. See, that's faith. Yeah. And and what we're getting at here is that you can convince an unbeliever of the fear of God that there's a punishment coming, but it's the gospel that delivers to them the forgiveness of sins. Hmm. And repentance is always tied to forgiveness. So we're right? we're sort of on a tangent, but not really. We're talking about law and gospel from last week. My question now then is, we often say as Lutherans, well, you you have to preach the law mm-hmm. and then the gospel. Mm-hmm. And you can't flip them around because if you don't give them the law, then they're not going to understand the gospel. But it seems like as we're talking here, it's not quite that 
clean. Law and gospel are never that clean. <laughs> Excuse me, Dr. Walther, but I mean, we, we get that because Walther says that in his theses that that the, the law always precedes the gospel. Okay. Because you don't walk up and say, good news, your sins are forgiven. Now you're a sinner. You got to repent of it. That, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that logically. does seem kind of weird. It seems kind of backwards. But, but he doesn't mean kind of sequentially, I can't mention Jesus dying on the cross before I make you feel really naughty about yourself, right? Or that you're okay. just such an awful person. That's not what he means. He means that you don't forgive someone's sins before they're told that there are sins to be forgiven. Before they, or maybe another way of putting it, before they recognize that they have sins that need forgiving. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm going to wait for you. Oh, sure. But I am going to make sure that you've heard the reality of what the Holy Spirit wants to convict you of. Because this is an example of the gospel itself creating that faith. So waiting for me to recognize it... Might not happen. Yeah. It's, so, it, and it's, it's the gospel I, that so actually we're, might, we're might make me recognize this, it. We're caught in this tension between I can't tell you you're forgiven if you're not repentant. If you don't want forgiveness, I can't tell you you are forgiven. If you don't have faith in Christ, I can't tell you you're forgiven. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I can't preach the gospel to you in all of its full sweetness without you, while you're still in unbelief. I can't say, "Oh, good news, you're you're a child of God because Jesus died for you." If you're going, I don't, I'm not sorry for my sins. I don't believe in God. I don't believe in Jesus. I can't say that. Right. right. That's not true. But I can tell you the gospel that Jesus has died to win the forgiveness of your sins. See, this is where we get to objective and subjective justification. So, so the content of the gospel mm-hmm. that God has done something, I can tell to an unbeliever. But I, if they reject that, I have to then tell them that it, it's not working for them. Right? That they are outside of that promise because of their unbelief. The the subjective justification, the delivering it to that person, right, hasn't happened, can't happen, right, because yeah. they are rejecting the faith yeah and so this is then the art of of witnessing apologetics pastoral care is is kind of listening to somebody not projecting upon them what you hope they're going to say or what you hope they believe but you actually have to listen to their confession Hmm. right are they confessing faith in christ i mean i've had conversations with people they feel really awful about the things they've done i mean just ashamed they can't show their face in public they are just awful. They're, they're, they don't want to tell me what they've done, but they finally do. But then when it comes time to talk about trusting in Christ for forgiveness, they're kind of like, yeah, you know, that's really good, but that's not really where I'm at. I'm going to try and fix it myself. Yeah, so I yeah. just really need you to help me figure out how to stop doing these na- naughty things. Or, or help me figure out what I can do to... Mitigate. Fix the problem yeah. between myself and whoever I've right, hurt whoever or, I've offended. Yeah, but but it's me See, doing the that, fixing. At that point, I cannot proclaim the gospel to them in a way that says you are forgiven. Hmm. Right? Yeah. I I can simply I can tell them the truth about what God has done in Christ, but I can't look at them and say you are forgiven because from their own confession they're saying, I don't want the forgiveness of Jesus. Yeah. I just want to fix things. I yeah. just want my family to not be mad at me anymore. Right? Forgiveness isn't what I need. Right. I, I need a fix. I need a fix. Yeah. And and that's where law gospel is so important because that's when, um, as much as it hurts us, we have to look at somebody and say, yeah, you're you're actually not forgiven. Yeah. You, I, I, yes, I could help you in a sociological way to fix things in your relationships, but you and God, 
not okay, <laughs> right? This is not good. Yeah. And that's where the, then you, it doesn't always feel right, but you kind of need to preach the law again at that point. Mm. And you get them to understand that this is not okay between you and God. Even if you fix it between you and your family or whoever you offended, if you are not trusting in Christ to forgive the sin, you and God are not okay. Yeah, your actual problem is between yeah. you and God. Yeah. And, and a lot of times... This is what David said when he sinned against exactly. you and you only have I sinned. Psalm 51. Psalm 51, yeah. Dude, just read it. It's like, <laughs> seriously, I really messed up. But it's the like, biggest issue is between me and God. Yeah. And I got to get that taken care of. And guess what? The only way to take care of it is for God to take care of it. God's got to fix this problem. Is, is this why we talk about the two parts to repentance being contrition, which is a lot of what we've talked about. This could be mm-hmm. this individual who sees, I got this problem, it needs to be fixed. But then the second part is faith. Yes. That Christ has covered this. Christ has forgiven me and actually believing that to be true. Yeah. And so the catechism actually talks about the two parts, right? Yeah. That with confession has two parts. First, that we confess our sins. And second, that we receive absolution. Trusting in the words of our pastor is that they are the words of Christ himself. And so we actually, faith in these words, right? Luther's big thing. Faith in these words for you. Yeah, yeah. Christ for you. I've got to believe that. I mean, the subjective part, the for me. Right. Yeah. That's, that's, I need that. My sin. Right. So, so that's kind of a long answer to do, do you repent even though the sin has been paid for on the cross? The, the actual answer is you repent because the sin has been paid for on the mm. cross. See, that finality of God's action in Christ is what draws me to repent. I am free to repent. I am free to admit before Peter before the podcast audience, before the world, before my God. I am free to admit that I am a worthless, miserable sinner. Why? Because I know my Savior has already paid the price. Hmm. Sins forgiven. Child of God. Not by my doing. By God's action. Yeah. So that then leads to the next part of the question, which is... (laughs) And how do we forgive those who refuse to repent who really should? especially if it's a very public sin. By public meaning, everybody knows this thing has happened. And and maybe we can imply the hurt is also very public. Yeah. Because a, this, this person has hurt me. Yeah. It's very public. People have seen that this has hurt me. And they're not publicly repenting of it or apologizing yeah. or whatever. How, what do we do? Yeah. We're called to forgive. And this is a very good question. I think one that we all face in some way yeah, in to, our life. to one degree or another, we all we will have individuals who sin against us who refuse to, in some cases, even say that it was a sin. Right. So I didn't sin against you. Or, or and, and we, we kind of skipped over, but even earlier you said that, that sometimes the response is, well, that's not a sin. Yeah. Or that, right? yeah, that's not a sin at all. But I just can't deal with it being a sin, so it's not. <laughs> I, have to be, I have to be okay, so it's not a sin. Yeah. Um, so that's, that happens too. I... I want to be careful as we answer this because we don't want to pretend that this doesn't hurt because right. it does. Yeah. Um, we're, we're speaking as someone who has been yeah, the one who's received that hurt. I've also caused it because I'm a sinner. Well, yeah, that's good to recognize too. And and I pray that somebody has grace on me too. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I want to run to is that the first thing to say is that we forgive those who don't deserve it. 
just as we have been forgiven when we didn't deserve it. Yeah. So the first thing is... While we were yet sinners, yeah. Christ died on the cross. He didn't wait. Yeah. We were still sinners. We hadn't repented. We hadn't fixed ourselves. We hadn't told him we were sinners We hadn't and admitted that to publicly him. Publicly said we're sorry. Nothing. Yeah. He died to forgive our sins. So the first thing we do is individually, between you and me, I forgive. Hmm. Right? I forgive those who don't deserve it. I don't wait for your repentance. I don't wait for you to fix things. I simply forgive you because I have been forgiven of sins when I didn't deserve it. And and I think, once again, back to the law and gospel, that that statement can be heard both ways. I can see hearing that and saying, oh, great, so I have to forgive this person because mm-hmm. Jesus forgave me. Mm-hmm. That's that's hearing it as law. Mm-hmm. That. I, I could hear it that way. Yeah. There's the, the way that I might hear it as gospel is focusing on what has Christ actually done for me? How, who am I that he would actually do that for me? And mm-hmm. wow, that is amazing that he would do that. And as the fruit of that, I might then be able to say, I, I want to do that for the- this person who's hurt me. And not only for that, but also, I mean, that's exactly right. And also to believe that forgiveness is better than holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. That forgiveness is better than holding someone's captive to their sin. I think we actually posted a, a, a quote about this several months ago, that forgiveness frees us from that sin. When, yeah. when I forgive someone else... I'm actually freeing myself from being bound to their sin. And if I'm, also, I'm remembering correctly right. how that was phrased. That's right. <laughs> and I'm also freeing myself, and, and not that this is about serving ourselves ever, but but more importantly, I am now free to see you as God sees you. Mm. See, I'm not seeing you through the lens of my being offended or my being hurt. I'm, I'm seeing you through the lens of a gracious God who forgives sinners who don't deserve it. Mm-hmm. And this is why this ties into our previous conversation. However, that doesn't free the person from the need to repent. Yeah. So there's kind of two two stages to this answer. The first is that, yes, we forgive. Yes, we absolutely forgive when they don't deserve it, when they don't even ask for it. We forgive from our hearts. And we pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to do that. When I take the Lord's Supper, one thing I often pray is that if there's anyone I haven't forgiven, give me the power to do that. Mm -hmm. Strengthen my faith that I might not hold any grudges that when I receive the body and blood of Christ, I may get up from this altar and have nothing against anybody that I might forgive. Even the things I can't think of right now, if there's something that I'm not remembering, teach me to forgive that. Mm -hmm. Right. If there's somebody that I see tomorrow and go, yeah, he, (laughs) no, get rid of that in me. Get rid of that. Right. Teach me to forgive as Christ forgives. That's the first thing we do. Now, because this is a public sin, that doesn't mean the other person is freed from the need to repent. Right. Publicly. And and that's the other aspect of that is that we still seek a public reconciliation, which would require a public repentance and a public forgiveness. So sometimes the answer is, yes, I forgive you, and yet you still need to repent. Mm-hmm. And that's where this all gets very difficult. 
And that's really where you need a pastor to help you through this situation that can actually talk you through as you um, seek advice kind of at every stage of this process. First of all, a pastor that can help you learn to forgive somebody. Yeah. What does it mean to forgive somebody who is still hurting you or who won't repent of, that, of their sin? What's our, what does it look like to forgive them as Christ forgives and yet still live in this reality where they need to repent of their sin? Right? Yeah. That's that's really something we can't do on a podcast. <laughs> I mean, seriously. <laughs> this, and I don't want to cause where, spiritual damage. Yeah, because this, this is where the situation itself needs somebody who's there, who knows the situation, and who can work through through it with you. And and this is something we haven't talked about much. We touched on it in an earlier podcast, but this is also a time for somebody to meet with our pastor privately hmm. and to seek absolution, to seek private confession and absolution. Um, even if the absolution is is given for a sin of not even wanting to to forgive this person, work that through with your pastor. Or struggling with the hurt that you've yeah. been given and trying to work through that. And feeling justified in not forgiving somebody because they've hurt me so much. Mm-hmm. Talk to your pastor. Please talk to your pastor about that. That is that is such a big thing. And, and we all face it. We've all been there, right? Yeah. Yep. And this is really where your pastor can help you read scripture. And, and honestly, you could vent and he can listen. And it's 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 closed. He can't disclose what you say to anybody else. So you can he's, literally. He's vent. not even going to talk to his wife. About he can't it. even tell his wife. He can't yep. even tell. I always say this when I when I talk to my pastor, he's not even allowed to tell himself what I tell him. Hmm. Right? He's yeah. not even allowed to know it. <laughs> when he sees me on Sunday, he can't know what I talked about because it's, it, he's going to absolve me if I confess it, and it's gone. Yeah. Right? So he's not even allowed to tell himself let alone his wife or anybody else. Right. Which means you can vent. Yeah. You can say, these are my thoughts. This is, this is my inability to do what I'm supposed to do as a child of God. I can't get myself to, to, to live the life that I know God is calling me to live. And, and I will speak from personal experience here that that's, it's harder to do private confession absolution for that than it is when I've done something where, I've clear, where I have yeah. been the one who's yeah. broken one Clearly. of the commandments. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, I did that. I need to confess it's, this. This is tough. this is harder. This is tough. <laughs> I, I had a I had a very good friend of mine, and I won't I won't say any gender or anything, but this person actually told me that they will they refuse to pray that part of the Lord's prayer because they refuse to forgive a certain individual in their life because of what they had done was so mm. bad they didn't deserve forgiveness, and they knew that the Lord's prayer demanded that they forgive this individual. They refused to do it. They couldn't do it. They refused. Yeah. And it was a real struggle in their spiritual life. It was a real struggle. And and I, I talked to them about it uh, over the period of years. They just, they could not see how forgiving this person was possible because it was a public sin that this person was not repenting of. But I'm telling you, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a sin of which we need to repent. Yeah. And the scriptures are very clear on this, is that if you have been forgiven by God, you forgive. That's it. Yeah. You do not. I mean, even even the, <laughs> we, the We verse, have the parable of the ungrateful servant. Yeah, I mean, I mean there's, there's, there's a whole thing. Yeah. But remember, even, and I some people will disagree with this, but, but look it up. Leviticus 19.18. Everyone knows it because that's the verse that says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know what the first part of that verse is? Don't bear a grudge against your neighbor. 
<laughs> I mean, we can, we'll look it up just to make sure yep, we're not yep. just making stuff up, right? <laughs> but the whole point is, is that loving our neighbor is treating them as Christ has treated us. That's the root of it. The love that God has for us is a love with which we use to love other people. Was I close? Mm, yeah. yeah. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge against the sons of your own people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. Hmm. That's Leviticus 19.18. See, it's, it's so important that we get this. I learned to love you with the love that God loved me with. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ... God has forgiven you. I think one of one of the difficulties with this is that as a human, because of my concupiscence, when this happens to me, my tendency is more to focus on the sin of the other person. Yeah. And fixing that rather than recognizing my either my own sin or my own hurt or my own not, not I'm not saying like I need to admit my own fault in the situation, but it's simply by my nature, I want to look at the other person and really just put all that pain right. over on them. And really what Christ is calling us to do is don't look at yourself. Don't look at that person. Look at him. Right. Look at what he's done and live through that. But I tend to want to live in one of the other places. Yeah, and, and this is... Let's just be totally blunt about this. This is hard. Yeah. And this is what we mean when we talk about living out our faith and the theology of the cross, or if you want to use a Latin word, tentatio, hmm. right? That suffering. Struggle. Struggle. Yeah. Is part of the Christian life. As a matter of fact, not just part of it, it's actually how we are shaped as Christians. And this is one of those times that's really hard. This is one of the yeah. things we struggle with, is that I'm called to forgive and yet forgiveness makes no sense to me at all. I have been publicly wronged. I am justified in in holding them to the fire because they were clearly in the wrong. Everyone agrees they're in the wrong. And yet somehow I'm called to take up my cross and follow Jesus hmm. to forgive. And how does that look? Right? How do I live that out? Yeah. What does that mean in a situation in which I might be enabling somebody to hurt me some more? That's why... I, I really want anybody who's struggling with this, please call your pastor. Yeah. This Go is, talk. This is they what can he's help there for. you in these specific situations. We're giving you generic answers, right? Yeah. <laughs> we can't answer your situation. And and please hear this. If it's an abusive situation, get out of it. Yeah. Don't stay in there. Go to somebody who can help you get out of it. Even as you're forgiving them, get out of it. Physically get out of that situation. Don't let yourself continue to be hurt. I'm not saying you have to divorce or anything like that. I'm just saying physically remove yourself until it can be addressed. Mm -hmm. And that's where somebody like your pastor or an elder at your church or somebody you trust in the faith is somebody that you can, you can go to, right? Mm -hmm. And then they can help you work through this from a forgiveness point of view. But, but please hear us saying we are concerned for people's safety and, and get out of those situations, right? Yeah. Get out of them. And, and then go to help your pastor or allow your pastor work work through this with you as far as forgiveness and yeah. and how you deal with this, this yep. particulars. 
Well, this has been Crucial Conversations. It has been a crucial conversation, a hard one. But we thank you for sending in your questions, for allowing us the privilege of answering them and working through them with you. Anybody who has more questions, you can share in our Facebook group, The Grok Moot. You can send us an email, questions at crucialproductions.org. We will be back next week. Thanks.